Have you tried changing your health year on year, resolving that this year things are going to be different, but nothing seems to change? Oftentimes, when things are not changing, we're following many wellness myths and not looking at the full picture, including our nutrition, recovery, stress management, leaving out mind-body connection. I want to introduce you to Wellness Redefined, a new podcast from Refillion Media that's here to dispel all your myths about wellness and fitness while sharing stories of how we redefine what it means to be healthy. On each episode, we'll be talking to experts from all walks of life who will share their own unique wellness journey and offer their perspective. I am your host, Tamika Rochester, founder and CEO of Harlem Cycle, a premier wellness space in New York City with a focus on indoor cycling. I've been an advocate for wellness since as early as I can remember. So if this sounds like something that could help change your life, go ahead and pause the show you're listening to and subscribe to Wellness Redefined on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, folks. Welcome to Inclusive Collective, where we share stories and learnings of inclusive people, organizations, and innovation. I am your co-host, Nadia Butt. I'm an organizational development and belonging strategist. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Rob Hadley, a people and culture strategist specializing in DEI and people analytics. Hello, Rob. Hello, Nadia. It's our last episode of 2020. I know. That's why I paused. That's why I paused. I was I was a little melancholy I, there as I was as reflecting on the year. What are you reflecting about? <laughs> <laughs> no, they. I mean, so one, I'm, I'm, we're going to take a couple weeks off here, yeah. and I'm excited about that. But I was like, I, I was like, oh yeah, no, it's uh, we get a little bit of a break, and it's always fun, always. right? It's always something. The highlight of my week is oh, is chatting with you. That's so sweet. Mine usually, too. is it okay? Usually, usually. sometimes not. Okay, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Depends on depends on what's going on in the world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, How my my work week? Same, same. Yeah. Um, so I do have a reflection question for you. I know you're gonna say no, but I wanted to know if you watched Harry Megan yet. <laughs> oh no, I okay. but I did see the New York Times article about it. Okay, and I did re- I did read that. That was like. I could invest that much time in Harry and Meghan. Okay. I could, I could read an article. Okay. I will say I watched the remainder of the three episodes. I really enjoyed this documentary and encourage other people to to watch it. Yeah. Very cool. Should we uh, – we, so we're going to break down some news? We're going to break down some news just to set up of this episode too. We welcome you to our uh, 2022 kind of year in review – Annual awards DEI ceremony, I guess. We Extravaganza. Extravaganza. Gala. Gala. Oh, I like the gala. That's good. We should have got dressed the up. Awards for this. gala. Um, yeah, we should have. I love that. Uh, next year. Uh, but we are going to kick off with the news, like you said. So um, we have three pieces of news. I'll, I'll kick us off here. So last week it was announced that Dr. Claudine Gay, the Dean of the Faculty of Arts and Sciences, will be Harvard University's next and first black mm-hmm. president and the second woman. Her story in the in the making, she will, you know, take office as the university faces, we've talked about this in the past, Supreme Court decision um, on affirmative action. And so there's a lot that she's walking into, but really, really ecstatic that we finally get to see in, a, you know, one of the longest, historically longest university in the nation, 
having a woman and having a, a black professor be part of the leadership team. So what are your thoughts on that? The leader, the leader. The leader, right. being on so, the leader. That's yeah, right. yeah. I'm not familiar with the school you're talking about, but I think it's, it sounds great. <laughs> I, you know, like I'm, I've never heard of this, oh, this okay. particular school. They're little overrepresented. In everything, oh I thought about the fact when I when I saw this, Nadia. Yeah. I thought about the fact that decisions like this are not made quickly. Obviously, so like for anything like this, there's a huge, long, drawn out succession process. Those discussions take place over many years. Um, I think even in the New York Times article, they said there were 20 different commission meetings, and they had they started with over 600 candidates. But that means that this person was on their short list, had been part of their system for for several years been elevated had obviously done a great job and was well thought of by the people that made the decision which probably didn't look like her mm -hmm. and so i think that's a really cool thing and it's really um so it's indicative of of where we are yeah. at this time right there's a lot of great progress there you know she's an inclusive collective selection dream yeah right like she, Absolutely. like we couldn't have picked a better candidate totally right she's a Proponent of diversity in hiring, an expert on minority representation and political participation right. in government. Okay. Holy shit, Nadia! She's like the perfect. She's like the perfect. Doctor Gay, we need you on. <laughs> so, we need yeah, you on. We'll be we reaching need you out on as a guest. <laughs> I also want to point out that Erica James, a black woman, has been the dean of at the Warden School of Business uh, since 2020. Okay. So as always, Harvard's a little behind, you know, behind the curve, okay. but I hope that they can catch up. You know, I, I think this is a good, good step in the it's, right direction. It's a great them. step in the right direction. I'm sure students are ecstatic to see someone in the leadership role that, uh, that looks like them. And so really cool there. Shall we move on to the second story here? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So the largest LGBTQ plus media advocacy organization called GLAAD, G-L-A-A-D, recently praised Disney on their noticeable increase of LGBTQ plus representation in movies. Disney released five movies in 2021 that included at least one significant LGBTQ character more than any other film company, according to GLAAD. They were also the only major studio to release a movie with a transgender character. I'll pause there for your reactions. We talked about Disney a few times in the last few I weeks. I think too many times, to be quite honest with you, but yeah. <laughs> well, I was surprised it came up again. But, you know, I do appreciate the progress. I, I appreciate GLAAD acknowledging the progress. I think oftentimes, and I'm, I, I'm guilty of this myself, you know, we allow our skepticism to be, to turn into cynicism totally. on things like this, yeah. right? So, yeah. uh, you know, we point out all the things that aren't perfect about a company's efforts. And, you know, so companies will work hard in the DEI space and people like me, maybe not you, but more like me, come in and say, well, that's not good enough. We need to do more. And so I think it's frustrating for them sometimes. And I think Gladys saying, hey, there's some progress here. There's some things to work on, obviously, but there's but there's progress. So so great job, like Glad. We didn't talk about Bob Iger mm, and yeah, how, right. uh, you know, as he came back to Disney and how he has talked about DEI since returning to Disney. As you recall, the previous CEO, Bob Chapik, mm -hmm. he tried not to take a side in Florida's don't say gay bill, yeah. that policy debate. Then employees got pissed and then they tried to take a very outspoken position and then Ron DeSantis got oh. pissed because Ron DeSantis is, get pissed is, about everything. <laughs> yeah. And, and. 
you know, he's a really thoughtful guy. But when he came back, when Bob Iyer came back, he said basically, you know, this is not a controversy that, you know, it's a pretty easy call. We're going to be inclusive, accepting and tolerant. And occasionally people are going to be mad at us. But if you're, you know, and this is something I always think is that if your actions lean toward inclusivity, then most people aren't going to have a problem. Right. And the ones that you do, you have to leave them behind. And then the other thing is they'll catch up. So I and I think about this in the context of something else that we want to talk about and we'll get to. But you see that the passage of the Respect for Marriage Act. Yes. Right. That is something that even it's the most bipartisan thing that Congress has been able to do in several years. If you think about it, when Barack Obama was president, even he wasn't on board with gay marriage. And so now Mitt Romney is leading the charge. The LDS church was at the signing of the bill like they were present. They're cheering it on, right? So if you lean towards inclusivity, I think you'll always be on the right side of history. Mm-hmm. I love that. One thing I will say just to wrap up the Disney conversation is that um, in the yeah. New York Times article that we read ab- about this was that uh, it no- they noted that even in the movies, though, they did still fall short where they portrayed characters as one dimensional or as having like the stereotypical mannerisms or clothing um, and you know, I, I, again, like you said, it's, it's steps there. They're definitely steps in the right direction. There can always be room for improvement. And so I hope Disney just recognizes that On to the third story, which you kind of touched upon. I really jumped the gun, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, they're doing great. It's like, well, <laughs> they definitely have some room for improvement, but no. And I think this also speaks to like change management. Change does not happen overnight. I think we have to, it's incremental and we we recognize that. So um, it's just a matter of everyone holding organizations and leaders accountable. So, all right. So third story here, Biden signs marriage equity bill into law. So according to a Washington Post article last week, President Biden signed a bill codifying federal recognition of same sex and interracial marriage. The new law will guarantee the federal government recognizes marriages for same sex and interracial couples should the nation's top court, SCOTUS, try to unwind civil rights jurisprudence. I'm curious, you're in a interracial marriage. I'm curious, like, what does this mean to you? So I think that it's that uh, it's really interesting that how quickly that different political parties galvanize around this particular issue. And I think it's a really positive signal. I do think of it in the context of the Dobbs decision earlier as well, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. it's something that that's what started this process rolling was the ruling and the opinion from our Supreme Court that basically said that gay marriage and even interracial marriage could be under attack. Mm-hmm. And those were things that across party lines, you know, that we could actually get something done in order to counteract that. But it's still... Kind of, it's so it's bittersweet in that regard, and it's so it's nice that that they take a little bit of a step here. But what the reason this had to be put in place, or the reason that there had to be legislation here, is because we have a Supreme Court that is <laughs> not uh, friendly mm-hmm. to some of the long-standing precedents with regard to uh, women's health and same-sex marriage, and, right? Marriage, yeah, right. And so that's, so that's, so it's, uh, so yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. It's again, it's positive, but it also like reminds me why, why this had to happen mm-hmm. this way. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to end there on that positive note. <laughs> 
But we are going to take a short back. Um, we will be right back with our annual, our first annual 2022 end of the year favorite and meaningful DEI gala. <laughs> be right back. Welcome back. We are, as Nadia had said, as we headed toward the break, we are doing our uh, our annual DEI award show. I'm gonna, you know, so we each have a couple of awards we want to walk you all through uh, and get each other to take on. I I'm gonna go ahead and start first because, uh, as as Nadia acknowledged, as we were going to break, I tend to be a downer in some of my things. <laughs> You're not so a downer, so just really intense conversations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's start with uh, the biggest loser in our world and some of the topics we touch upon. This is called the Elon Musk Award. <laughs> and going forward, going forward, like he's basically retired this award. Yeah. Uh, he's not eligible because we've we had to just actually just name the award for yeah. him. Uh, no, So this is, again, the most out of touch with respect to DEI, business leader, celebrity, company of the past year. Yeah. Other nominees that I will not go too deeply into include... Mr. Kanye West. Yes, I'd agree with that. Yes, uh, Mr. Kyrie Irving. Yeah, and I, uh, but I do have it. Go ahead. What do you got? Yeah, I don't want to go into too much detail around him. Definitely, he has room for improvement. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Kyrie, uh, and but I have a couple, couple more, right? So, new folks. Um, blanket nomination: anyone who sues a company for trying to create a more diverse, equitable, inclusive workspace. Right. So there's a lot of these folks out here. The National Center for Public Policy Research objected to Starbucks setting hiring goals for blacks and other people of color, awarding contracts to diverse suppliers and advertisers and tying executive pay to diversity. So anyone who sues people for doing DEI, I think, is is a big loser. Yeah, that's interesting, though. We got to I got to dig deeper on that, too. <laughs> OK, yeah, yeah. yeah more yeah. more nominees. Okay. But our friends at uh, Balenciaga. Oh, right. Yeah. Remember the fashion oh, house, yeah. Balenciaga? Yeah. Someone there said, let's get some teddy bears in bondage and have some, uh, you know, some preteen kid models strut around with it. And apparently no one was was able to say, let's let's hold on and think this through. Mm-hmm. They also previously had a relationship with Mr. Kanye West. And they also at several points have done some very questionable fashion choices. They did a refugee fashion line. And they also did a uh, homelessness-inspired fashion line. So, so I'm pretty dubious about anything that this company does. Yeah. I think that they're a pretty solid nominee. And then I also have FedEx. FedEx, anytime someone orders you <laughs> to pay $365 million yeah. uh, in damages for a civil suit on discrimination, you're a loser, in my opinion, <laughs> even if that award gets cut down. Yeah. Uh, so in no- November, FedEx was ordered to pay Jennifer Harris $365 million for demoting her then firing her when she complained about her demotion. Nadia, mm. do you have any other nominees for us? I think you've covered a lot, and I feel like I'm not going to add to that, but there's definitely, you. as you were speaking, I was like, oh, and then this company and this company. But I think you got a solid list there, and um, and we'll see what others do in 2023. Okay. And who would you choose? Out of all of these people? The... Out of my nominees, Yes. I honestly got to, I got to say Kanye. He's really, um, he's, (laughs) yeah, he's, he's done some questionable things. He's by far. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. It's, it was him and Elon or the, and and then, wait, you didn't throw like Ron DeSantis in there. I thought maybe you'd throw Ron. I thought you'd throw him in there because he'd be one of mine. (laughs) I, I did miss an opportunity. Yes. Ron DeSantis 
Yeah. He'll be around next year. Yeah. Let me just put <laughs> it that true. way. That's true. That's true. Very good. Okay. So I wanted to talk about the most impactful DEI trend that I'm seeing this year. There were many trends, but this is one that I feel is the most impactful. So for real and sustainable DEI to be possible, leaders and organizations have to be transparent, right? We've talked about this. We've talked about their intentions and their commitments to DEI. So the most impactful DEI trend goes to those companies who will openly share the progress that they made as it relates to DEI, those that have taken the time to understand where their pain points are the benchmarking that's available to them, strategizing through realistic solutions, really thinking to close the gaps on some of the, the some of those pain points. What was really interesting is organizations like Google, Deloitte, BCG have really interesting reports for review uh, for both their internal kind of employees and customers and their external customers. So anyone can really go online and check them out. Are there areas for improvement? Absolutely, because I do think that we should still be cautious about tracking numbers. Having data is great, and it's one piece of information. It's really critical to continue observing behaviors and the decisions that are being made, and you can get that through employee sentiment and perception. I love the reports, though, because I feel like it's transparency and people can hold each other accountable to it. I'm all for transparency and trust. <laughs> I am also for transparency and trust. Right. I'm on board. You know, I'm a big advocate for minimum standards right. in terms of re reporting around diversity, equity, and inclusion data. Yes. I think that you see a lot of these reports, and it's so the companies that you mentioned uh, are doing a good job of, of being a little bit more thorough and transparent. Um, and I think that they'll be rewarded both in the marketplace and with their employees in terms of the trust that they earn. There are some companies that do a poor job and, and are very, that, that really like to flex and say that they have done a great job in terms of being transparent. And then if you look at the data, then it's not so, that, you know, it's not necessarily what you're hoping to find right. in terms of uh, honesty and, and, and the way that they're framing certain things. So <laughs> again, wow, I really took that in a different direction. <laughs> no, but you're but, right, spot on. But transparency You're realistic here, okay? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, so that I think is a great, yeah, that's, I think there's, again, a lot of progress there. Absolutely. Um, Rob, you're up with your favorite book or article. Favorite book or article. I just did both. <laughs> I did <laughs> that's both. fine. I love it. I love it. I'm a little long-winded today. Yeah. All right. So we said we couldn't double dip on this podcast, right? So we had, we've, we've, we've interviewed a lot of yeah. folks that have given recommendations and we've given recommendations. So, so we're going to hit some couple of new things, right? So the first thing uh, you know, are you familiar with with uh, DEI Deconstructed, the new book by uh, you see if you can see right there by Lily Zhang? I have not read it, but please tell me more. You know, it's obviously it, it, we knew it would be my choice for book of the year. Uh, they're prolific LinkedIn creators, you know. Uh, I'm always saving their work. Right? So if I see something posted on LinkedIn, I save it and I put them all together. And so I was very I was very appreciative of them putting this book together so I can stop saving their LinkedIn posts. But I guess what's interesting to me about that particular book, and I think you're going to love it, is I think it really aligns to how you and I think about this work and how leading diversity, equity, inclusion change 
is framed or can be framed or the way that we think about it is framed very much through organizational transformation mm -hmm. lens. Mm -hmm. So not unlike how we would approach change in implementing a different management system all many years ago. Mm -hmm. And so it's really great work. I, you know, I knew it would be, it's fundamental reading, I think, for any kind of, any consultant or business leader who is uh, leading in diversity, equity, and inclusion. So great. really great, you know, this all the way around. Um, favorite article from HBR, again, I don't know what HBR stands for, Nadia. I don't know. It's just, I don't oh. ever. <laughs> it's like, you don't? Okay, you're making the joke back to Harvard. Get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just recall back there right right so this article they have great they have great art on uh hbr yeah. it is um to drive diversity efforts don't tiptoe around your legal risk this is from july august of this year okay. i love it because you know i'm a part-time lawyer yes. that's one of my one of my hobbies right. you know we always end up talking about legal risks especially if we're talking about data sure. with regard to diversity equity inclusion and you know, you just inevitably end up there. So I've always said, and, and certainly been true of the projects that I've been work, working on in, in my career, that depending on who your legal counsel is when you start down these paths, uh, that has a huge ramification in terms of how effective you can be in diversity, equity, and inclusion. So really nice piece, really well written on how to get most out of that relationship and how to drive change in an organization working with uh, your legal counsel. So really big fan of that one. That's great, Rob. Thanks for those recommendations on um, the books. Uh, shall we move on to my topic? Yeah, here? what's the last category? So the last category is meaningful, inclusive ads and commercials. Ooh, um, now, I, I, I want to preface this. I recognize that um, the companies I'm going to give are, are large corporations, and that's probably because they have the resources to do ads and commercials right so please bear that the, these are going to be larger corporations they're not kind of smaller mid-sized ones so um target so they've mm -hmm. been featuring different kinds of people in their marketing for years now um, not just racial diversity but people with physical disabilities various sizings children with down syndrome um, I don't know if you've gone into your local Target, but I've gone to like three or four different ones. And up on the walls, you just see the diversity is amazing. And and I do feel that uh, not only myself, but other friends of mine who have various differences just feel like at home at Target. So really cool mm. to see Nordstrom. You will see on there. Um, I don't know if you shop at Nordstrom, but I do. <laughs> and they um, sell women hijabs, so they actually partnered with a, a company where they sell women scarves that are called hijab, Islamic um, hijabs, and really appreciate that they have that on their website. Gillette showed um, the experience of shaving for the first time from the perspective of a trans male teen and his father that was aired during wow. Super Bowl. Microsoft, they had an ad that was designed to empower young people with disabilities using the Xbox adaptive controller. And then we have Lush. I don't know if you are familiar with Lush, but Lush is a company. Uh, they make really great homemade cosmetics, really fresh. Mm -hmm. They make products uh, for all different types of people, but they um, have mm -hmm. been marketing. Uh, they've made products for holiday gift giving for Eid, um, which is the Islamic holiday, and Hanukkah, which are, mm -hmm. is a Jewish holiday. 
they deactivated their Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Snapchat um, to address consumers' mental health challenges. They really are focused more on LinkedIn. They do, I think they brought back their Instagram presence, but they really are trying to be cautious about just mental health awareness. And then they are very environmentally conscious as well. So just a few companies that were, that I was kind of eyeing this past year that I felt like they've changed the way in which they mark are marketing to their clientele. Um, so kind of cool. Yeah, that's super cool. I love that the very recent campaign by Apple sprung to mind. I don't know if you had seen the Apple uh, th- for, for people with disabilities. Really cool. And, and and talking about iPhone and Siri and, and some of the applications that Apple has developed to help people with disabilities that, that, that help everyone, but they especially are, can be helpful for people with disabilities. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, yeah. Let's take another short break here and we will we will be back with our wrap up and our uh, final raves for the year. Welcome back. Let's wrap up the show and 2022, Nadia. Let's do some let's do just a, I'm going to I'm going to double rave. I'm okay. going to do double rave. I'm going to I'm going to seed the floor for a happy rave. Couple, couple of raves. I you. love that. Okay, go ahead. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? No, no, no. You, oh, you're like, seeding the raves. Floor. Got it. I'm yes, yes. Okay. The floor is yours. So, in reflection for this year, I think it would be a major miss if we did not celebrate and honor the women of Iran. Uh, so, mm. people across all across the globe are fighting for their freedom against um, extremist Islamic regime. We support you. We see you. We honor you, and we are thinking of you. So uh, that's that's my first rave: is the women in Iran. My second is social and organizational justice advocates. I want to recognize um, our DEI colleagues, including those warriors um, and change makers who are pushing the conversation forward. Keep going. I want to give a big shout out to Power to Fly on LinkedIn. They released a 2023 holiday calendar toolkit, and I noticed that they didn't have major Islamic holidays. And um, I provided the feedback uh, on LinkedIn, and immediately they thanked me for the feedback and incorporated them, um, updated the calendar for release. So I love that. I feel like that's a really great example of open and transparent feedback, and then updating according to the need. And then also, finally, I just want to thank our listeners and our our supporters. And just a big thank you to you, Rob. This past year, it's been incredible to think that we saw this this business problem and we knew we could help solve within the startup space. And here we are two seasons later, the creation of Inclusive Podcasts. I really could not have done this without you. Um, so I thank you for always challenging me and allowing me to critically reflect and creating the safe space for us to be able to do this. Thank you for being on this like wild and fun ride with me. Well, thank you. I, it's uh, it is an absolute joy, as I said earlier. Thank you. I was I was thinking about this. We were talking about a year end wrap up, and I was just blown away that we've only been doing this within this year. <laughs> It feels like 
It feels so like just crazy. a very, very normal part of uh, of my week and my life, and and uh, I couldn't have couldn't have been luckier, you know, to start working with you on this. And you make the show, you're the star of the show. I'm just happy to be here alongside of you. I learn a ton from you every week, uh, and so appreciate your authenticity on this uh, on this show. So lovely hanging out with you every week. I am not gonna rant. Okay. I also and I, and I feel bad because when I bring you down, like I have a couple times on this show already. So I am not gonna rant. Okay, we, what's we your are, rave then? You know, we're only thinking. No, I'm 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 just gonna I'm just gonna close by just wishing everyone a happy holiday season and uh, a joyous new year. No matter what you celebrate, I think this is you know it's a special time of year if you can be with friends and family and, and thinking of of those that. Uh, that can't be for whatever reason and wishing you the best of holiday seasons as well. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the end of the year and, and a happy and joyous new year. And then we'll, jo- we'll come back here in the uh, first part of January. We'll just, uh, we'll keep it rolling. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. I will go ahead and close out for us. Um, Inclusive Collective is a production of Raphilion Media. We'd love to hear from you. So please send us your feedback at inclusivecollective at raphilion.com. You can find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, If you like what you heard, please, please, please be sure to subscribe and rate. Give us a review um, wherever you listen to your podcast today. If you want to get in touch with us for consulting purposes, check out me at nasconsultants.com and Rob at tacanoconsulting.com. Thank you again, and we will see you next year. Be well. Bye.